This is Green Seas, the podcast by Tradewinds about the environment and the business of the ocean. I'm shipping reporter Eric Priante Martin, and today we're going to see if companies are ready for what's described as an avalanche of new sustainability disclosures that Brussels is about to start requiring. As a writer, there are few things I hate more than abbreviations and acronyms. In fact, my colleagues here at Tradewinds are probably tired of hearing about it. But today there's no escape, thanks to the European Union. That's because companies with operations across the 27-nation bloc, not to mention European economic area countries like Norway, are facing a new set of rules on what they disclose when it comes to sustainability. The EU has passed the Corporate Sustainability Reporting Directive, or CSRD, requiring a swath of companies, depending on their size, to report information on a variety of environmental, social, and governance factors. Yeah, that's another abbreviation, ESG. The CSRD was followed by this one, ESRS. That's the European Sustainability Reporting Standards, which lay out granular details about what these companies have to report. And it's a lot, from carbon emissions to biodiversity, and from gender matters to corruption and human rights. All of that alphabet soup contributes to what sustainability software and advisory company Position Green calls an avalanche of reporting requirements. Are companies, particularly in shipping, ready for this? Not yet. This time every year, Position Green looks at the top 100 listed companies in Norway, Sweden, and Denmark, 300 companies in total, to grade them on their sustainability reporting. It's not even about how green they are, just how transparent they are on sustainability topics. This year, Position Green used the report to check for readiness for these new regulations, and they found that shipping was actually doing better than most other industries, on average. Shipping companies had about 66% compliance with the upcoming rules. That means they still have a lot more work to do. And these companies are listed in Scandinavia, where sustainability reporting is already generally better than elsewhere in Europe. This is Joachim Nehem, executive chairman of Position Green. He told me that many shipping companies are not aware of the gap they're facing when it comes to these new EU reporting rules. And I think many of them are not aware that they are in scope and that they'll actually be regulated by this. So I think the key message here is, one, there's a knowledge gap in terms of exactly what this is and what the purpose is, and also that there is, uh, it's a pretty big task to fill this gap. It's, it's the most ambitious ESG reporting regulation that we've seen in any market. The shipping companies are making progress on emissions reporting. All of them disclose their direct carbon footprint, and a growing percentage, 72%, reported their indirect greenhouse gas footprint, which is known as Scope 3 emissions. And while a growing share of these companies disclose their climate targets, a small proportion had those verified by the Science-Based Targets Initiative, a program to align decarbonization goals with the Paris Climate Agreement. Generally, for your ESG disclosures as a shipping company, somebody needs to verify or validate that. You can't just put it out there on face value. On social factors, the vast majority of the Scandinavian shipping companies were disclosing their due diligence on human rights issues. But shipping did less well on reporting the gender pay gap, with just 17% doing so. And it was the worst industry when it came to disclosing discrimination and harassment incidents. What we've seen here is that there's a very low reporting rate for shipping. Um, 
when it comes to discrimination or harassment incidents, you only have 22% to report on this. Now, that indicates either that there is a sort of lack of whistleblowing or reporting channels with integrity or that there's a culture problem here. Now, and I'm sorry about this, I'm about to throw some more jargon at you. Carl Eric Hoy Peterson is business development leader for ESG in the Maritime Advisory Division at DNV, a Norwegian classification society. And he told me that a key thing that companies have to be thinking about is double materiality. That means that on the one side, they have to report on sustainability issues from the perspective of risks to their business. And then on the other side, the impact that their business has on the world. If you look at this from the financial side, you have the financial materiality where a topic is material if it has potential to affect the enterprise value and, you know, decisions that will be made by financial institutions or investors. So that's the financial materiality. While in addition to that, you also have the impact materiality, which is more how the organization, the activities of the organization impacts the economy, the society and the environment it operates in. Um, so, yeah. So if you look at this uh, in more detail and look at financial materiality, you would, for instance, see that the the cost of goods coming in, let's say uh, the price of, of, of certain materials you use may be increased as a result of maybe more uh, organizations trying to get hold of it or pricing increases as a result of, ga of greenhouse gas taxing and so on. That which will impact your ability to uh, stay profitable, for instance. There has been a lot of focus on decarbonization in shipping, and Hoy Peterson said the industry shouldn't lose track of that aspect of the new regulations. But another important element of the new EU rules, in addition to national legislation in a number of countries, is the need to do due diligence on sustainability matters all the way up and down a company's value chain. That means its own business and also that of other companies that it does business with. First of all, it, you need to look at who you're buying from and how that can affect your organization. And again, I'm looking at the double materiality. First of all, from an ethical standpoint, who are you who are you buying from? You know, uh, forced labor. Um, you know how they uh, how they actually impact their community in terms of pollutions. These kind of things is something that that you need to consider when, when you choose who to buy from. Of course, again, we need to look at risk exposure and, and you can't expect every small company to go into details when they buy, you know, certain small amounts of, of products. But this risk understanding is going to be essential going forward, I think, to understand how your value chain exposes your organization to, to risk in, in a sustainability context. The details of the new legislation only came out over the summer, so it makes sense that companies are not yet prepared. What should they do to get prepared? Hoy Peterson said companies need to carry out a materiality assessment. That helps them figure out what they need to do to comply with the new rules. Position Green's Nahum said companies need to see sustainability disclosures not as a burden, but as an opportunity. In addition to complying with these new rules, reporting on environmental, social, and governance matters can lead to lower capital costs because that transparency makes companies more bankable. And they can attract talent. And the EU's new regulation goes beyond the companies that are required to report. That's in part because they have to reach up and down their supply chain for data. They'll need that data from their shipping companies, for example. 
But that's not all. Your listeners are obviously global, and we've been speaking more from a European perspective here. So the question we often get from ship owners, um, you know, the Asian ship owners or U.S. basically domiciled or active outside the, the Europe, you know, does this, all of this apply to us? The answer is yes and no. The no part, not directly regulated, uh, if you are not incorporated or don't have underlying assets or subsidiaries in Europe that meet ESRS scope. However, I think this is going to look a lot like the EU ETS, uh, meaning if you want to do business with Europe, uh, you're going to have to provide this information. So if you have anything to do with capital markets in Europe or insurance or lending, investment, they're going to need this information over time. Uh, if you're going in and out of ports in Europe, this information also needs to be uh, in there. Uh, so I think we're, you're going to have what we call, or what I like to call a, a sort of GDPR moment. Yep, that's another abbreviation. GDPR is the EU's General Data Protection Act. Where outside of Europe, you're going to realize, oh, you know, we also have to comply with this European regulation that we find maybe unnecessary or annoying or whatever, but it is a license to trade, a license to operate, doing business in the, the European Union. Do these new disclosure rules make shipping better? I mean, they require companies to disclose things they may find uncomfortable, but the rules don't require them to change them, just report them. Here's DNV's Hoyt Peterson again. At least, hopefully, it will create a more level playing field so that, that the companies that actually are trying to, to do something right have a better competitive position. Uh, I think that is a good and an important part of this, and that, which is part of the intention. Here's more on the environment and the business of the ocean. Bound for Blue, a company that makes suction sails to reduce fuel consumption on ships, has scored new funding. The company has raised 15.9 million euros from an EU fund and a group of investors, including maritime tech firm GTT and commodities giant Louis Dreyfus Company. That brings its total Series A cash to 22.4 million euros, which the company plans to use to roll out its sails and to scale up production. Amazon has renewed its deal with container shipping giant AP Muller Maersk to move some of its cargoes on vessels using green biofuels. The e-commerce giant committed to moving 20,000 40-foot containers under the deal, which will cut emissions by 44,600 tons of carbon dioxide equivalent. And when Maersk starts moving cargoes on green methanol, that will be covered by the annual agreement as well. And in the U.S. state of Maine, a federal judge has thrown out a lawsuit by seafarers alleging that their arrest as witnesses in a pollution case against their employer amounted to wrongful imprisonment. The case had been a key test of the practice of holding mariners to testify in cases of pollution by ships. The summary judgment by Chief U.S. District Judge John Levy found that the men did not show that officials lacked the authority to arrest them. Read these stories and more at tradewindsnews.com.